Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here today with a very special guest that I'm excited to introduce to you. Her name is Lisa Winicky. She is the founder and host of The Good News Guide, a podcast and YouTube channel. She's a connector, a speaker, an author, and a truth seeker with qualifications in numerous energy modalities. So she is basically a perfect guest for this show because (laughs) I love to talk about all of those things. And there's so many ways that we can go, but first, let me just Mm. welcome you, Lisa. Thank you. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you for inviting me on. And I'm, I too, I'm always, always curious about what will come of a conversation like this when you've got two like-minded people. So I'm here, I'm all in, and I look forward to sharing with your audience some of the things that have supported me in being an entrepreneur given that's the theme of the podcast. Yeah. And I, and and kind of the whole point of this podcast is really just that entrepreneurship is just really a crash course in being the best version of yourself. Mm. So I love when we have guests on that kind of come from that space. And I love that. I love that you, you do lots of things that all kind of have a core drive and a core message to them. And, but you, the, the seeker part, I really love the seeker. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that is a prerequisite for entrepreneurship. If, if, if you aren't a seeker, you're probably going to get very, very frustrated and beat yourself up and not trust enough to be able mm-hmm. to be successful. So first I'd love to, cause I, you, you, you have, you, practice many energy modalities. Tell us a little bit about some of the the tools that you use. Mm. So the the energy modalities I've actually studied were kinesiology and EFT. So I spent three years studying kinesiology, thinking that I would end up being a kinesiologist and working with individuals, which I did. But because it was part of my healing, but I didn't realise at the time that it was for the purpose of that, it's ended up being something that I integrated into my being. I've I received the wisdom from the three years, but more so for self in order to then be able to work with other people, to connect with people, to, to understand the human psyche and human, the way humans are conditioned to be. So that was more self-serving, didn't realise that at the time. And EFT is something that I use from time to time, otherwise called tapping. But my things, what I use every single day, or I'm not going to say every single day, six out of seven days usually, I meditate, yes, every single morning. I have a morning practice where I visualise a, a number of key areas in my life. So they're broken up into relationships, relationships with family, my vision for what I'm creating, my state of health and well-being, the things that I'm really passionate about outside of how I want to contribute, whether that's for me, yoga and movement and being in nature and having space to create. So I have all these things that I'm every day I'm envisioning and stepping into these visions as if it's already occurred, feeling into it, imagining it, seeing it as though it's done. And then the other major practice that I have, which has been more so in the last two years since I was introduced to some work through Dr. Joe Dispenza, I went to a number, I don't know if you've heard of him, Yep. Yes. I went to about four of his retreats consecutively because it was in the first retreat that I had this 
another awakening where I saw the marriage that I was in not the way I had seen it when I arrived at the retreat. And that was the end of my 20-year marriage. So as a result, I went on to go to three more because I thought I've started this. I need to complete it. I need to get through. I need to cross the river now, now that I've made this choice. And so the practice that I have really integrated into my life as a result of the work is heart. My relationship with my heart when I first went to his retreat, I realised how disconnected, even though I'd done 13 years of personal development work, I say in inverted commas, it was still coming from a place of intellect. It was still coming from a place of there's something that I need to do more for me to be whole, for me to love myself, for me to be complete. When I came back and he asked us to connect to our hearts, I couldn't even feel my heart, Nicole. I didn't even know where that place was. And so I had this beautiful meditation. I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but unless you want to stop me and pull me back, I had this beautiful meditation where I was, where my ex-husband now, his father, who I'd had quite a tumultuous relationship with, he'd passed over. He and one of my closest friends who had died, who introduced me to kinesiology, they both came into this meditation and they helped me gently prize my heart open. And it was so incredibly divine. And so what I got was this is going to be a really gentle process, Lisa, where you are building and cultivating a relationship with this place inside of you that is more important than any anything else you'll do. I'm getting really emotional. Because <laughs> it was the start of an extraordinary relationship. So as a result of this occurring two years ago, my relationship with my heart is like my anchor. I come back to it not just in the morning. I come back to it time and time and time and time again. And it has proven to be, it has proven to lead me in ways that I can't, I could never have been led before. You know, my head was all, and I'm not saying that my head is, doesn't get involved and tries to work out the how and takes me, you know, hijacks me. But because I have such a strong, deep relationship with my heart now, it's a very quick refractory period where I come back and then come back into my heart and go, okay, darling, you know, I'm here again. Let's start again. Okay, what do you need? Where are we going? How do you need to see this? So that is a that is that practice is numerous times a day. And the more I practice it, the more I've cultivated that new way of that new normal. Mm hmm. So, so much there. I, I feel like we could just talk about the Joe Dispenza meditation retreat the entire episode <laughs> because I have not been on it. I have been doing his meditations. I have been mm -hmm. I, I did his progressive online workshop. So I've done his work online um, for about three to four years now. I can't remember when I started, but but been immersed in his stuff, but have not been to a retreat. So I'm jealous. I'm super jelly about that because it does, it, everybody says that it is life-changing. Every single person I've talked to is just, they get emotional talking mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. um, and, but one of the things that, so we had talked a little bit before the show about, about tapping into your authenticity and, and being a trusted person in your field. And it's funny because when you started talking, I think you felt like, oh, I'm going off on this tangent. But I think that it really, without us planning to go this way, um, we, we ended up right there mm -hmm. because your connection to your heart 
And it's something that I noticed. It's funny that you mentioned it because when you said that when you were doing meditation, when you first started the first time, they told you to connect with your heart and you couldn't feel it. It's exactly how I felt the same when I started meditating, doing Dr. Joe's meditations, (laughs) because he does focus so much on the heart and these heart opening exercises, and I couldn't feel it. And I felt it was the first time I felt how thick the wall was. Mm. And, and so much of my work while not doing it at the retreats has been around opening my heart and visualizing things like seeing my heart in a box and seeing the walls of the box come down Mm. and visualizing it being like, it's always encased in something or the light is dim, or sometimes it's the, the, the jar that is full, but stifled. There's all of these ways I've visualized it. And a lot of the work that I do is about opening it. And I do it before I post, I do it before I go to serve, because I know that when I'm not connected to my heart, I am not able to serve. I am not able to put myself out there. And energetically, Mm. I hold back. Mm. So I I feel like we Mm. unintentionally ended up right where we (laughs) planned to, um, but in this beautiful way of of talking about it from from a really organic place. So thank you for sharing that. Mm. And I'm curious, I'm curious what your... How is it? So when you say that you come back to that multiple times a day, are there times where you feel like you are disconnected from your heart? Are there times where you feel like where you're reminded and you know what that feels like? Mm, mm. Can you talk a little bit about what somebody might be experiencing that would lead them to to where they could, they could start asking themselves when I'm okay. So when I'm too focused, when I'm externally focused, so if I'm looking for the evidence of what I want to see and it's not there, mm-hmm. then I'm not then I'm not connected to my heart. So, for example, you know, I'm creating, I've created a vision for the Good News Guide and I'm looking, if I look externally to the engagement, to, if I look externally to the people engaging, whether it's of value, if I'm looking at that, then I'm not connected to my heart because I'm looking for the evidence outside of me to show me that what I'm doing is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you start and and like for everybody the 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 scroll the the validation the something the comparison um, mm-hmm. and then that the imposter syndrome of you know maybe I shouldn't do this I I, I know a lot of people have the list of things that they're going to do the things that they're inspired to do and then mm. when they go to do it they're not so inspired or they second guess the idea or they're just, mm. they're feeling disconnected from it. Um, I love that you brought this up because I think this is an approach that not a lot of people talk about that. If you come back to that centered space, like I will meditate for a few minutes when I feel that scattered pull to mm. put my focus someplace that I don't intend it to go. Mm. And I feel scattered to, to come back to that center. And that is our center. The center is our heart. Mm. And, you know, when we look at, say, Dr. Joe's work, I mean, it is Dr. Joe's work, but it's a, it, it, you know, it, it, we call it Dr. Joe's work, but essentially everything, creations come from our hearts. Like when we come from our hearts and the creation is from that place and we anchor back that there, there's a knowing, there's a trust. 
we're beyond our thoughts and senses. We're beyond the emotions that keep us attached to the past. We are present in our hearts and we can feel back into the vision, whatever that vision is, whether it's for business, work, health, no matter what area. When we're anchored in our hearts and we're holding that vision and focus on that vision from that place, there's nothing else. There's, you know, there is a knowingness and there's a clarity and you can see things so clearly. And it's like being in a, you know, I, it's like we're, when we're coming from that place, it's like we're, there's a vantage point that is above us that can see all of what is going on and it is so perfectly orchestrated for us, so perfectly orchestrated. But at the time, and there have been times even this week that I've been journaling and seen where I've gone and then it's an opportunity to come back. So it's just this dance of disconnect, connect. But, you know, maybe three or four years ago, I couldn't imagine the connection that I have now with myself. And so now I know it's just more, it's just a deeper and deeper cultivation because the more I know me, that deeper knowing of me, the more I am then operating from my heart, the more I'm in embodiment of love, the more I'm in contribution to the planet just by being this vibration of love. And yes, and that's that's what we're all trying to get back to, right? Is that because mm. that's the that's the truth. That's the that's where we're all meant to be. And mm. we're just straying away from home and have to remind ourselves to come back to that, mm. to that home. Mm. And some of us have strayed mm. further than, than others at, at a time. And, you know, and sometimes we, we take a little vacation and we go away from ourselves, but coming back mm. is so important. And I, I know we had talked about, I, I want to go, I want to touch on the trust factor on the, mm. how to become, we've talked about talking about how to become the most trusted person in your field. And I think that this kind of ties into what we're talking about. Um, can you just tell me what your perspective is on that? Because I think that one of the things that comes up for a lot of people is I don't want to appear like a self-serving person of this or that, like, I don't want to feel like I'm selling something. I don't want to feel people are so afraid that they will be misinterpreted and that, that, that their motives will be questioned they'll be called out on something. What would you say to somebody who's feeling that? And what's your experience been with it? So we talked about trust of self. So if we are anchoring into our hearts and from that place, serving from that place, there's no question that we don't trust ourselves because there's a trust. There's, there is seriously no question. But that takes that takes practice to come back in, to notice so where am I, as we were saying, where am I not in integrity inside of me? So if there's something inside of me and I, or I'm saying something and I'm not following through on that, then how can I clean that up? First for myself, so I trust myself first. So in trusting me, I then show up into all my interactions as a trusted person because I trust in me first. I know where I'm coming from. If I know I'm coming from a place of contribution which is my heart I can't not I can't be from my ego when I'm in my heart so if I'm if I'm serving from that place then no matter what others say around me I can't do anything about that that you know people are going to have their own experiences they're going to be triggered by whatever it is that they see in me but that's not my responsibility it is not my responsibility has that answered your question I think just you know for me integrity is 
in, because integrity is such is one of my highest values. It's been a, a it's been a lesson over the past fifteen years. Understanding I was so out of integrity, mm. so out of integrity. You know, I was living a life that wasn't connected to me. I had bulimia for twenty years, so I was certainly not living in integrity with my truth. I was living in illusion. So coming back into integrity with who I am, who Lisa has come here to be and express. Now, the more, and then I just want to bring in, the more I love who I am, not my egoic self, but me, like who is Lisa at the core of her? Yes, I love to be in front of the camera. That's not ego. That is actually my calling. My calling is to communicate and connect people and connect people with information and truth. So that is not ego. That is actually, that's something I had to discern. Is this my ego wanting to be in front of the camera? No, no, no. This is actually, this is really natural for me. I, I enjoy this. This makes me feel alive and lit up. The more I can love that in me and accept that, that that's who I am, then no matter what happens outside of me, I'm firm, I'm grounded in that. And so is that trusted? Yeah, because if I love and trust me, then it doesn't matter what goes on externally. I'm not going to be rocked the way I would have been. Right. So that example that you gave about being on camera, the only reason that you would even have the thought of, do I want this for the attention? Do I want this for, is this my ego? Is this this? All of that negative talk or questioning of yourself inside is only because you're thinking about the way it will be perceived outside. Yeah, that's that's it's not truthful inside. If you just want to do something, there's no child that feels that way unless they've been taught that people treat them differently after they do a certain thing. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. Just I just want to just quickly talk about or add to what you've just said. I grew up being so I grew up actually being put on the stage when I was younger. I was always the first one out. I was the one that was asked to give flowers. So there was a sense of performing mm -hmm. required. And so I had to do a lot of healing around am I in performance mode when I, when I sit in front of somebody, when I'm in front of camera? And that's been an unlearning because there was so much attention put on the way I look, the way I presented, the way I spoke, the way I held myself. So I had to come back to me to be authentically, and it's an unfolding, the authentic me, but to be authentically me in front of the camera rather than feeling I need to be a certain way for others to like me, think that I'm fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And how do you work on camera now? Like how do you, what is your approach with that? Is it just centering yourself and delivering your message and knowing that whatever people think they think mm. is it that simple it you know so let's say for example before this conversation I could feel my like a little bit of my heart racing I was like this is interesting why am I feeling is that anxious and I was like anxious but also a bit excited okay so that's our body that's our physiology and so why is that is because I can create a whole lot of stories but let's say hypothetically it was because I don't know, I don't know you, I've never met you before, how the conversation go, all the stuff that might have take me out of my heart. So when I breathe back into my heart, knowing that I don't need to do anything but show up and connect with you, and if I connect with you and listen to you and follow the guidance that's always coming through me, then there's nothing for me to do or prepare. Hmm. 
And I think that's the difference between that. I think that some people, I, I know that one thing that trips people up is we talk about surrender a lot, that how important surrender is. And you hear it from like the spiritual gurus that it's, you know, you just have to surrender. <laughs> and, and the hardest thing to do is freaking surrender. Yep. And, <laughs> and, and I think that what, what I, I, I've heard people, and I know it came up for me too, which is, um, but what's the difference between me just slacking off and skirting the things that I want and not doing them and surrender. Hmm. And I, I think you just touched on it a little bit there. And I'm just curious what your perspective is on surrender. I love that you brought this topic up because it has been the most challenging thing. You know, at Dr. Joe's retreats when he says surrender and people are, you know, their bodies are moving with energy and mind's not and the judgment that was because and then so what I came to, what I've come to over time is I'm on my own path. That's their experience. I, I spent 20 years or more holding on tight you know, my body was hanging on for dear life. It was in a state of survival, survival mode for 20 plus years, having had bulimia and depression and anxiety, like holding on tight. It's going to be a process to surrender and let go. And my version of letting go is different to your version, Nicole, of letting go. And it's going to be a different process. This is my process. So how can I, in each moment, let go a little bit? Could letting go a little bit be just letting go and feeling my tummy just relax a bit. Could letting go be, it's, it's going to be different for everyone, but what my understanding more so in the past, I would say the past few months is when I notice myself holding on to something like wanting something to happen a certain way, because I think that's the way it needs to go. When I catch myself in those moments, then I know it's an opportunity to let go and come back to trust and my heart. Mm -hmm. So that's the practice that I've been noticing, the clinging. Okay, I want this to happen and I thought this would happen. Oh, right, okay, there we are. I've seen you, thank you, come back to heart. I can see you, great over there, and now I'm going to reconnect with the vision that I have and I don't need to be attached to how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. I just know from my heart it will, it is unfolding, but not the way I think it's going to unfold. Release the how yep. is something that I hear in there. And the other thing that I hear is, is the surrender is kind of detach from the outcome, mm. detach from the result. And, and that can be a really difficult thing to do. I think in particular when, because detaching doesn't mean you don't care either. Mm -hmm. And not to confuse those things. Like it, it's, it's really about trusting that this is the path and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let the river carry me mm. and I'm not going to resist it. And I'm going to, I'm going to reconnect with my heart to my vision. And that's mm. the key. So you're anchored, we're anchored in our hearts and to the vision. So whichever way it's going to take us, we are heading in the direction. So it's, you know, for example, if we think about when I went back, if I take myself back to when I was experiencing bulimia, there was no anchor. There was nothing. So I was just floating aimlessly. Mm -hmm. 
Now there is an anchor. There's two anchors. I'm here and I'm here. How I get there is none of my business. And if I go back to, again, the gifts like we talked about just before we started to record, the gifts of depression, the gifts of, of the eating disorder, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take any of it away. Now, at the time, I would have been clinging on, wanting it to be different. But now with the benefit of hindsight, I can look back and see that it served its purpose in the most extraordinary ways. I would, you would not be sitting here in conversation if we hadn't have experienced what we had. So that knowingness deep inside me allows me to continue to disconnect from the outcome knowing that disconnecting is absolutely not letting go of the vision. It's coming back to the vision, knowing that that is more important for me to focus on that. I always say this, this is a line from a movie <laughs> called, uh, did you see Almost Famous? It was the the movie years ago. Um, and it, it was basically one of the lines in it was, she just, a girl just keeps saying, it's all happening. It's all happening. And she mm-hmm. says it with such trust. And, and I say that to myself all the time, like that's kind of the, it is done. It's, it's, it's all happening. It's all Mm -hmm. happening. And it just reminds me to trust that it's all happening. I might not see exactly how it's going to happen, but, and when you were saying before about the, the anchor to the vision from your heart. I I tend to visualize things when people say stuff, I get like pictures Mm -hmm. in my head. And what I see is it's almost like the tether ball. It's Mm. the tether, that line from the heart to the vision. And there's a big long cord that's connecting the two. And whether you're in a river or you're in the breeze and you're twisting and turning on your way as you are being reeled in, you are still being reeled in Mm. and trusting that that eventually you will be met with that vision that you are tethering yourself to mm. if you're truly connected to it. Mm. So That's that beautiful. I love that. It mm. kept coming back to me. Like, as you were saying that, I'm like, I can see this thing happening. Mm. <laughs> sometimes it helps people who are listening. Just to, the, the, the visuals sometimes are like, oh, mm. that makes it so much clearer. Um, but you explained it beautifully. But I, 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 I love this conversation and I love, I love talking about this stuff because the vision, and I'm glad that we brought this up, the, the vision is the most important part, truthfully, <laughs> because it gives you all the answers al- along the path. So can you talk about how you vision, how you envision and what you, what's important to you when you're creating a vision and, and how mm. you anchor yourself to that? So how I actually created the visions that I have for all these different areas of my life was through an intuitive training that I did with an American guy, William Whitecloud, who's written The Magician's Way and Secrets to Natural Success. Have you heard, have you heard of him? No, I haven't, but I will. Amazing, some really great. So he runs a free, a free online, his first course, Create Your Destiny, which I did with him in person. But now because of COVID, he runs them online. Thousands of people from all over the world attend, thousands. So... I, in this, during this intuitive training at the end was when he takes us through an exercise called the land of plenty, where you get beyond your thoughts and senses and you connect with your intuition to download, access the things that exist, reside inside your heart. And so he took us through this visualization and that's how on paper I saw the good news guide. That's how the good news guide Mm. arrived 
on paper. It was conscious news, conscious media. I wrote down Oprah. I was like, I, I didn't know what I was writing down. I wrote a magic, magical fairyland, telling people stories, connecting people with themselves. So it is from, it is using my intuition now that I connect with my vision. So I have my, I have my areas. So I've done that. And I, and I continue to go back and revise and clarify and make sure that, that, that they are still the things that I want to move towards and I'm creating. And to date they are. I mean, I've done a small number of refinements. But as far as visioning, what I do is, if, I, if you want me to share with you what I do to sure. step into the vision. So every morning I have these nine areas. I, I speak them out loud because we know the power of word. We know the power of our voice. It's the highest vibration in the universe. So I speak these words out loud it's like a command then I go and I step into the vision I see things I'm a feeler so I feel I'm I feel like it's already that I mean I'm I'm experiencing whatever it is that I'm envisioning there's another process to get the action so it's wonderful to have a vision but the thing that was missing for me was action and not just any old action but aligned aligned action so if I'm sitting here right now, or let's say last February, and I had this idea to create a, a, a conscious media company, sitting here where I was, I didn't have anything. That would, th- that would have thrown up all the things that would have had me not move in the direction of creating that vision. You know, who am I? What do you mean, Oprah? You're no Oprah. You're not even known. You're 48 years old. You've done you know, all the stuff that would have come up, that did come up. But the process of the way this works and his work is by stepping into the vision and looking back at where I am now, looking back and say, you're nodding your head. I I imagine you do something like this. Looking back at the current reality, I can look back. So I step into the current reality, see what's there, and there might be doubt, there might be fear, whatever that is. I go back into the vision and look back at the current reality of where I'm sitting and ask intuitively what was the very next step that took me from where I was one step towards where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And so the Good News Guide has very much been based on an intuitive process where I've built using my intuition. And when I haven't, I've had to, I've had to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the work that people don't always make time for because we get very stuck in the doing and the to-do list and the things that we have to do. We've got to like, I have to be online. I have to do all these things. I have entrepreneurs can get very stuck in the list of all the things that we need to accomplish and get done in a day. And I feel like this is the important work that gets skipped is, you know, you end up moving in a direction because you're just going in that direction. You never ask yourself, is this the right thing for me to be doing right now? Are these the right things? That's why I, I feel like it's so important to make the list every day of the things that are your priorities and really thinking about why are they your priorities? Mm-hmm. And that when you start asking those questions and and you get to, does this serve the greater vision that mm-hmm. I have? If you can't answer that, then doing a process like what you're talking about, because I've done this is how I visualize as well is, you know, go to the end and look back and look at what you did Mm. and ask yourself, what did I do? What did I not do? (laughs) Mm. What was not important to me on this journey? What did I let go of, Mm. which is just as important as the, and if not more than the things that we do. 
<laughs> what did I let go of? And I really love that because what I often find is my, we call them bridges, so the next step is often when I look back, say, in my current reality, I've been a questioner. Like I'll question, is this the right decision or the wrong decision? Because <clears throat> I've, I've got a conditioning that there is a right or wrong. So by knowing that, I've a number of times it's come up that the next step is to notice, to become even more consciously aware of when I fall into there is a right or wrong and to mm -hmm. then come back to the vision. Mm -hmm. Not to fix it, not to try and work it out, back to the vision, connect again. So that could be, that could actually be the next step because by freeing myself up and the energy I'm giving to trying to work out whether it's right or wrong frees me up to then come back and create what it is that I want to create. Yeah, and it's, it's that is that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're connecting to the vision and not attaching to the things that we often attach ourselves to. It's reminding yourself, like, and I love that you brought up the right and the wrong, because so often with the people that I work with, especially, I hear we give them a list of things to do, or we say like, these are your priorities. We've, we've aligned, uh, we've lined them up. They're not done. Why not? And it always boils down to usually either just a, a plain old fear. And then somewhere along the line, like particularly with putting something out there, why didn't you, why didn't you put out your vision? Why didn't you speak your truth? Why didn't you put out your message? Why didn't you show up? And I, I thought I'd get it wrong. I thought I would do it wrong. I was trying to figure out, and it doesn't really, it's not there speaking in the belief. They're saying, well, I didn't know how to do this the right way. I wanted to make sure I was doing it the right way. And that's how months go by without you doing something that's really important. This is how life passes you by. Mm. Yes. And I, I, to, to add to that, I think a lot of, and I can speak from my own experience, that right or wrong stems from a a a conditioning of being, of, of feeling like I had to be perfect. Mm. So in feeling like I have to be perfect, of course there is right or wrong for everything, including me, so I have to get it right. Mm. And then add to that I was told that I was a failure growing up by one of my parents, so that instilled in me that I couldn't fail, so there had to be a right way because if there was a wrong way, then that reinforced the belief that I was a failure. So you know, everyone is bringing their own stuff to this entrepreneur experience. And it is, it is, it is challenging at times, which is why I would say to anyone listening, if you're an entrepreneur, support, support, support. Like we cannot do this alone. We can't create a vision with ease and grace and joy. Like this is actually meant to be fun. If we're doing it alone and thinking, we have to do it alone because there's so many people that are doing it alone. It's a lonely game that way. Mm, and yep. truthfully, your, 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 your chances of quitting before the magic happens are so much greater. If you're doing it alone, mm. if you're lone wolfing it out there, you're probably not going to survive and you mm, chances are you're not definitely not going to thrive. Yeah. Um, and you're also like, I think the other thing that goes overlooked is that you're robbing yourself of this experience of sharing this experience with other people who are just as excited, if not more that more excited about it mm. than you are. 
And that's magic. Mm. It is just magic to get into a room or a virtual room in these days and connect with people like you and I are connecting now and Clubhouse is such a great format right now for collaboration. And I think people, I think that's why people are so excited about that platform is this is this collaboration platform and people are so giving and generous with their time because mm-hmm. everybody's new and everybody's figuring it out. There isn't this hierarchy of, am I good enough? Or everybody, the playing field is pretty level mm-hmm. and there's generosity there and mm-hmm. people are just excited about it because ideas get shared and you get to be part of something bigger than just you. Mm-hmm. Magic happens in those moments. Mm-hmm. And um, we are coming to the end of the time, this, this conversation went so, so fast that I can't believe how much we covered in, Mm -hmm. in the time that we had together. Um, so I do want to wrap it up as much as I would love to keep the conversation going for, for another 30 minutes, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to know, like, what would you, is there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with a final thought, something that you hope that they take away from this episode? Um, just anything that you'd like to share. Really, when we when we cultivate, going back to the start, when we when we choose to cultivate a relationship with our hearts and operate and live and be and listen from that place, life is everything that we have wanted. Everything. Like it's all there. You know, if we're feeling if we're feeling like there are parts of our lives that we wish were different, you know, or like there's a that hole, there's something that's just not filled, it's 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 it resides in here. And our hearts know the path we're meant to be on. Our hearts know why we're here. Our hearts know who to connect with. Our hearts know what brings us joy. So that relationship with heart is where we create everything from and that's where we can create i believe the most extraordinary the most magical the most beautiful life when we reside and come from that place and anchor in let that be your anchor i love that and it reminds me of something that my grandmother used to say which and it's not something that's proprietary to her other people have said it but she used to tell me this which was, you know, listen to your heart. It's a lot smarter than your head. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of the message of this, which your heart and your heart is your intuition. Your heart is, mm-hmm. your heart doesn't really lead you astray. And there is an energy. When you cultivate a relationship with your heart, there's an energy that emits from your heart. You know, now because I work with my heart so much, I, I can feel the energy in my heart when I breathe in. I can feel the energy in my heart when I'm in connection with you. And so there's an energy that that is emitted from my being, which then attracts more of what I want to experience, which is more loving relationships, more loving interactions, more loving connections. So it is the energy of which I now emit the more I anchor back into that place because everything has frequency. Everything is frequency. 
And I, I love that you brought it up that in multiple levels and multiple aspects of your life, you know, you look at your more connections, more, more, more love in all of these different ways and, and connecting that to the heart space, because I think that that's something that we don't realize that there, there are all of these categories of what's important to us and making sure that we are open to receiving in all of those ways. And we receive through our heart. That's, mm-hmm. that is, if, if your heart is closed, you can't receive. And think about all the ways that you would like to receive and mm-hmm. connect from your heart to that place and to mm-hmm. that thing. And, and expanding in that, I think, is just, is just a beautiful thing and, and something that probably people are overlooking. So I'm so, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for you to be here and to share this because I think everybody listening to this episode is, is this might have clued them into just a new perspective on how to approach opening themselves up. We hear that term a lot, but we don't mm-hmm. necessarily hear it talked about from a place of the heart. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And I would love, I've just created uh, my very first heart activation that is now currently being paired with music, frequency music. So I'd love to gift your audience, your listeners, my new heart activation will be ready by, I'm sure, by the time this is aired. Wonderful, wonderful. And can you tell us where can they stay in touch with you? Because everybody is going to want to know that. So what are the best places for them to connect with you? And where can they get that heart activation? So if they go to lisawinicky.com, um, it'll be there. You can connect with me there. You can, you'll see all the ways that you can um, be in, co- you know, you can jump in and listen to any of my conversations. They're all on lisawinicky.com, but I'm under the Good News Guide on YouTube and Apple Podcast and Spotify. So the Good News Guide for my show, but Lisa Winicky for my website. So And please, you know, message me. I would love to hear if you took something away from this conversation, what you got I just love to be in interaction. I love to know also how I can serve more. Like what is it the listeners didn't get from the conversation that might actually help them connect more deeply with their hearts? Beautiful. And so we will link all of that up in the show notes for you. So don't feel bad if you weren't able to write all of that down. We've got Mm -hmm. you covered. Just hop on over to the show notes and we'll have those links for you. So you can just go right over to Lisa's website or over to um, connecting to her podcast or to her YouTube channel. And and please definitely reach out to, to both of us. Those lines are always open. Everybody who's coming on these shows are really open people. And, and Lisa is absolutely an open person for you to contact and let us know what you got out of this episode. Let us know where are there follow-up questions that you have because don't feel like just because the episode is over that the conversation stops. Mm. I love that. Such an important thing. I'm going to take some of the things that you've brought up and I'm going to, I'm going to integrate them into my, like, Nicole, you are good. You are great. This is, yeah, thank you. You made it a real, real pleasure to, to be in conversation with you. And I felt very, very connected. Thank, so thank you. you. Thank you. I, that means a lot to me because I really do mm. love, I love the show and I'm so grateful for all the guests that come on. And when we have these great conversations, it's so exciting for me to share this with the audience. And so thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I am grateful to you and to everybody who is listening. If you've listened all the way to the end, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because we appreciate you just giving us your time and your energy and, and opening your hearts to us. And like I say, at the end of every episode, remember you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you you stop accepting those limitations, 
that is when you become limitless. It's that easy. So have a great rest of your day, everyone. We will see you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more of this type of content and conversation in your life, please come check out our free Facebook community, Unlock Your Inner CEO, where you'll find next level entrepreneurs just like you. Go to innerceogroup.com to join. I'll see you there.